Ben Long authored the wildly popular tech book, Complete Digital Photography. When I first met Ben years ago, he was making an excellent living as a writer. That is, until the crash of 2008, when he suddenly found himself without any new prospects. What followed was a period of reinvention that led him to where he stands today. Welcome to the Nimble Photographer Podcast, hosted by me, Derek Story. My quest is to find artists who have created their own definition of success. Today, we travel to San Francisco to learn from Ben Long. Thanks for joining us. Last time I was here, no, maybe not last time, maybe the time before I was here, you were this best-selling book author. At least it, it felt that way to me, right? I mean, well, like best-selling computer photo book author, as opposed to like, you know, a Stephen King's. Yes, you, with, within the world of, of, of tech publishing. Of tech publishing, yes. yes you yeah. were doing quite well. You have this book called uh, Complete Digital Photography, right? Right, yeah. And this is, and now, you were writing other stuff, of course. Yeah, and it, uh, I started out in magazines, then found my, my place on particular beats at several different magazines, and then from there, like a lot of magazine writers went, oh, you know, I, I can see an opening for a particular kind of book. I happened to be at the right place at the right time. I was writing for a computer magazine in the late 90s when digital and, or digital and photography started to merge and I had both of those skill sets, so I was in a position to get out early with a, a digital photography book, so I did that. Yeah, isn't it, timing, timing is kind Every, of an incredible yeah. thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It really, it really is. Did you ever get an agent? I looked into getting an agent uh -huh. at one point, and uh, my, I didn't look very far, but the couple that I talked to, it looked to me like their cut was almost exactly the amount that they would m make extra for me, so I didn't yeah. see what I was going to get. Yeah. Now, I'm not knocking agents, and mm -hmm. maybe I wasn't talking to the right ones. I'm just not sure. Tech publishing is not like... Stephen King blockbuster publishing, I, I, I just don't know if there's a room for, or a place for agents in tech publishing or not. It's such a quick turnaround, disposable kind of writing in a lot of cases. So now the, the theme of this, of this show, of this podcast, is redefining success. Okay. Artists who have had to redefine success, which I would argue is just about every artist uh, around today. Yeah. Okay. So there was a point then, and I, I want you to tell me when you started to feel this, where you started to feel that you weren't going to be able to keep doing the same thing that you were doing and make the living that you wanted. Uh, about what point was that, and, and how did that feel, and what started to go through your head? I'm glad you phrased it that way, because for me, it was a point. It was one single afternoon. Uh, it was in 2008 which of course was the year of the economic crash. But I had spent most of that year working through a stack full of book contracts. I had three or four books that, and I was just going from one to the other. And I had my head down and was working. And so, you know, I listened to the news. I knew that economically things were going bad, but I didn't feel anything because to me it felt like, what do you mean? I've just got this stack of work here to do. And it was in late October that I finished the last one. And it was this real awakening. It was. The image in my head, of course, isn't true. And the image in my head, I'm typing away on a manual typewriter. And I pull the, I type the end and pull the last page out and set it on the stack. And I say, oh, I'm done. Well, now it's time to go find more work. And there wasn't any. There wasn't I was any. making calls. So the way that 
I expect it was like this with you also. The way that I was getting both magazine work and book work was either I would pitch something or a publisher would have an idea and they would come to me. And so I, I thought, well, I'll go try and make some pitches, not getting anything. I will ask if anybody has anything that they had me in mind for, nothing. It was just crickets everywhere I turned. And I remember spending about a week kind of going through this awakening of, well, it's been really fun living life. You know, that's the point where I did define myself as a writer. <laughs> it's been really fun living my life as a freelance writer, but it's over now. And, and I think that I did recognize what you just said, which is, well, everyone goes through these changes. There was a point where being a harpsichord player wasn't that great because that newfangled piano technology and you had to either get with it or find something else to do. And so I thought, all right, this is that time. And then the phone rang and it was it was Lady Luck calling. It was Lynda.com. Their new content manager for photo was was also a former magazine writer. We'd circled each other for a long time. We'd tech edited each other's work and he asked me if I was interested in doing some work for them. What's curious is that was not a total non sequitur. He had thought of me because I had just put out a new edition of Complete Digital Photography. So one did lead right to the other. What it felt like was I was on an on a, a ship that was sinking and, and I was standing at the very tip of it just before it went underwater and in that moment I stepped off onto this iceberg and <laughs> floated away. And uh, So for me it was very, very much a particular time when it happened. So now essentially the video work has taken over the work that was writing before, book writing. And you're still writing but it's, it's a different kind of writing. It's a writing for video production, mm -hmm. right? Are you thinking about the next reinvention? Or are you thinking that you're just going to ride uh, this off into the sunset? I mean, have you thought about that? Uh, because uh, my experience is that these cycles are, are happening faster and faster now. It is. There's another question I think that every creative uh, person or artist or, or however you want to define yourself struggles with, which is, do you want to mess up this thing you do with, with money? I have a friend in South Africa, a woman who, she works at a bank. I'm going, to say, I'm, going to, I'm going to say it like that rather than saying she's a banker because I don't know that she defines herself as a banker, but she works at an investment bank in Cape Town and she is one of the most freely creative people that I've ever met. When she chooses to do something, she, she just goes in in this fearless way and, and just starts producing work and it, it's great to watch and I've watched her do that with lots of different kinds of photography. At one time when we were in, in the same place, which doesn't happen very often with someone in South Africa, but I noticed something and I said, it occurs to me that when you were growing up, no one ever told you that what you like to do and what you do for a living are supposed to converge. And she just looked at me confused and I said, well, you know, no one ever said, oh, do what you love and the money will follow or things like that. And she said, I live in a country with 40% unemployment. She said, I'm really glad to have a job. She said, I don't like my job, but it pays me very well. I own my house and at five o'clock, my time is my own and on weekends, it's mine. And I do what I want with it. And I think what that gives her is fantastic creative freedom because when she's looking through a camera, she's not thinking, you know, if I could get just a little bit better at this, I could make a living at it. That's never on the table for her to think that she needs to build it up into something that can pay. And it, it's, I'm actually envious of the space that she gets to stay in that I feel like I lost a long time ago. How do, how do you think we fell into that trap of thinking that we had to do what we love 
in order to make a living. I mean, I, why did we mesh them together and, and she didn't? Is it cultural, you think? I think, think it's or? cultural. Okay. I think it's this American promise that you get to have it all. You get to make a great living and do what you love to do and, and so on and so forth. Whereas, like she said, it's practical here. It's 40% unemployment. Mm -hmm. Her story was that she had a degree, I think, in environmental studies or something. She couldn't make any money at that, so she got a law degree and got hired by a bank. And someone in the bank said, you'd do better in this organization if you had an MBA. So she went and got an MBA. So talk about reinvention. She was just following, like, what do I need to do to survive? And it, it led her into a very comfortable place. But along the way, she got to keep the things that were hers as hers. And I definitely feel like I have not no one's taken anything from me. It's just internally, I mean, I have to imagine you have this also, that every shot you take, you're wondering, can I do something with this? Is this useful to me somehow in a commercial way? And I don't mean that you're a sellout. I just mean, can I use this in a book? Can I teach something from this? Is this, good, is this a good asset for this or that or whatever? I agree with you 100% on this. And in fact, now that you bring it up, it would be kind of nice not to have that in the back of my head mm -hmm. uh, when I'm out taking pictures. I think. That's one of the reasons uh, when I'm wearing my photographer hat that I do like shooting with these little portable cameras and, and the smartphone and stuff because to me that kind of takes me back to my, my creative roots. I, I can just do anything that I want, anything right. that comes to my mind and it's really fun and it reminds me of, of the early days of photography for me. Yeah, I, I've tried to hack myself into that space a couple of times. I've experimented with going out with my camera without a media card in it. just thinking, what does it feel like to shoot without the pressure of thinking that I'm producing something useful? I'm not producing anything. I don't get to go home with anything. Does that give me, can, can I remind myself of what that feels like? Because if I could remember that, maybe I'd find a way of integrating those things. And I'm not sure if it is possible to integrate career and this thing that you love doing without tarnishing that thing you love doing somewhat. There's a difference when you turn something into a job. It's not that you don't want to have a job or not that you don't can't enjoy having a job, but job is different than the things that you do just for yourself. Absolutely, and uh, sticking with uh, photography for a second, uh, we're both familiar with that as well, in that you know, the ironical part is that if you are doing photography for a living, a big chunk of your time is not taking pictures. Right. And, and I think that uh, a lot of people don't realize this, and I think this is true for all the different media, that you know, you go in and you're thinking, well, if I'm a professional photographer, it's really great because I'm taking pictures all the time. No, you're actually spending a lot of time, you know, drumming up business and going to meetings and doing books and, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you know, accounting you're books. Yeah, 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 you're yeah, hustling. Yeah. hustling. You're hustling. Accounting. Yeah, yeah, you're hustling all the time. And then if all that hustle or just one of those hustles pay off, then you get to have a gig. Right. And then you get to take pictures. But then you have the pressure of delivering really to someone else's expectations. Yes. Unless you are just really lucky and one of those uh, landscape photographers that can just go wandering around and, and the, the stuff that you produce, uh, people love. Right. But most of the time you are answering to someone else. And even if people do love it, you still have to figure out how to sell it. And that's a job. And I, I'm terrible at sales. And if, if I was good at sales, I probably would have gone into sales. Because <laughs> if I enjoyed it and was good at it, that would be a good place for me to be. I'm, but I chose to not go in that direction. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a real problem with a freelance career in general, but particularly in the arts, the, the hustling part of it is a skill set of its own. And if you don't have it, it's very difficult. To get it by. is very difficult. You know, this is funny that, that we're talking about this because someone asked me not that long ago if I was ever going to retire. 
Mm-hmm. Not that they think I should retire now, but, <laughs> but you know, like up the are you done yet? <laughs> up the road, if they ever thought I was going to retire, and uh, I thought about it for a second, and I said, I don't think I'd ever retire because I love what I'm doing too much, but I would stop having the clients I don't like, and mm-hmm. I would stop taking the jobs I don't want anymore. And in line with what you're talking about, it's funny, it, that's actually then returning to that, yeah. that purity like your friend has, where now I'm just being an artist right. and not really worrying about the, the money tied to it anymore. Yeah. And that actually, right now as I sit here, that sounds really good. Yeah, that's a way of shifting the job part out of it. Yes, it is. still a job. Just yeah. taking the job out of it. I think it's also, in any discipline, important to, you know, you say writer or photographer, or you could say dancer or any number of other artistic disciplines, that covers a lot of territory. I love post-production and printing. That's the part that really is the thing for me. I find shooting to be an unfortunate necessity to get to those points. <laughs> and as far as reinvention or trying to find your place or whatnot, I think it's very important to really pay attention to is there a particular thing that you like? If you're a dancer, is it performance? Is it choreography? Is it, what is it? For me, I, I had the great opportunity last year, uh, photographer Keith Carter asked me to produce all the prints for a retrospective book that was being made of his. That's the best photo job I think I've ever had. And I never really realized before, this is the photo work that I'd really like to be doing. I have always been hung up in, well, I'm a photographer, I have to know how to do everything, and I have to try to pursue all of that work. And if you're a creative photographer or, or whatever you think that, well, I have to go shoot my own stuff and print my own stuff, and, and it doesn't have to be that way. You can find the parts that you really enjoy doing. I, I work every summer with uh, very gifted teenagers in an arts program, and one summer I asked one of the photography students, uh, a girl who had just graduated, I, and I knew she was going to art school or something, and I said, you know, what, where, do you, where do you think you're headed? And she said, well, I really love photography, so I don't want to uh, ruin it by making it into a job. Uh, so, but I need the arts in my life, so I'm thinking of pursuing arts development. And I was just amazed that, like, wow, when I was 18, I didn't know there was such a thing as this whole back end of the art world where people raise money for the arts and figure out how to run artistic organizations. And so she was being very smart about, I need to be in touch with this, but I need to keep some of it my own. I think that's good stuff to think about. And I think it's particularly good for students that I have in my classes now. And they're saying, you know, how do I become a professional writer? How do I become a professional photographer? And maybe the thing that I should say is, well, uh, why don't you really think about, uh, you know, how you want to divide up your job, your mm-hmm. working life, and do you want to protect your creative side more, or are you willing to compromise a little bit with your creativity uh, to make a living with part of it? I think that's the part, the, the, that's where you really have to start thinking about what it is you want to do and what will really make you happy. And I think to do that, you need to have a very good understanding of the industries that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, in photo, for example, there's, there's, there are a lot of photo-related things that have nothing to do with picking up a camera and shooting. You could be a photo editor, you could be a photo researcher, any number of different things. You could just be in the post-production end of things. With writing, there are a lot more editing jobs than there are writing jobs. If, if you can enjoy editing someone else's work, that's a great way to have your hands in a writing process, be part of a publication, and not only have a job and be making money, but still have your writing safe from that 
that world, but be making great connections if you want to take a step into being a writer instead of an editor. I love that. I love that. I think that's great advice. So now let, let, let's come back to where we started here with the okay. complete digital photography. So is that book gone? Did it just go away? What happened? So one thing that, uh, and I think you've experienced this also, when you get into the publishing world, you start learning about the vagaries of publishing companies and how they tend to get gobbled up by other publishing companies. That happened with me. I went through several publishers as they were consumed by large publishing conglomerates and finally ended up ultimately working for one of the two big, or being published by one of the two big publishing conglomerates. And they, have, a few years ago, decided to not do textbooks anymore, or certain kinds of textbooks anymore. So uh, my book got dropped along with a bunch of others, along with the people in the company who produced that work. And it took me several years to get the rights to the book back because it was still selling, so they didn't want to give it up. And so now I'm trying self-publishing for a number of reasons. One, I was curious about it. Two, publishing has changed to the point where I couldn't find a publisher who was interested in a 500-page full-color book because that was too expensive for them. So Complete Digital Photography is back in an all-new ninth edition that uh, you can order direct from Amazon uh, because it is being printed by Amazon uh, on demand, and so I'm now into the, the self-publishing model. So it just keeps going, right? And so there you go, as far as your reinvention question, <laughs> maybe that's it. I was yeah. like, oh, now with the help of a friend, I'm a publisher. I never saw that coming. And I'm definitely not going to call myself a publisher because that's not what I'm doing. But you've got to certainly stay flexible. I think the real takeaway for me, though, in this conversation, which I did not anticipate, which is the idea is, that, do you want to take something that you love and make a job out of it? or do you want to protect the creative process? That's something I'm going to be thinking about and asking other guests about. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. This here. has been great fun, Dan. Yeah. Thank you. A big thanks to Ben for joining us this week. I'll be back next time with another artist and thoughts behind their creation. Until then, this is Derek Story, the nimble photographer, wishing you great success in all your endeavors. Okay, so neither of us have agents, which could possibly explain our standing in the, in the right <laughs> way. <laughs>